0: that's Understood Explains, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Edit Your Life. I'm Christine Coe,
1: And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome.
0: Today's topic is why edit your life. And I know we're a couple of episodes in, but we figured it would be good to step back and go a little big picture about why we're here. And... Man, I got to say, I'm super psyched that we're here doing this together, Asha.
1: Oh, this is just so much fun. And I feel like this is stuff that you and I talk about on the phone. We talk about this stuff all the time anyway. So I'm just really excited to be able to open up the conversation and hear what other people have to say and just share these ideas a little more broadly. Yeah, I, I think. uh it's funny. Every time we talk about editing your life, when you just say that phrase to people, they their eyes perk up and they they get really curious. And I think a lot of people respond to this notion of editing your life. And so that's why we wanted to devote an episode to the concept. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I, in fact, why don't we just get right into it? I, I think why don't we just start with talking about why it's hard to edit your life and what what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's so much advice out there about how to live a happier life, how to be more productive. I'm sort of a junkie for that kind of stuff myself. I love reading those books. I love reading blog posts about, you know, productivity and um, it's it's good advice. I mean, there's tons of really great advice out there, but I have found that the problem is the volume of advice just gets overwhelming. There's so much information out there, Uh, you know, suddenly you're just, battle you have battling messages inside your head and I think the actually the more important problem it's subtle but even when you're listening to good advice uh, whether it's stuff you're reading or even advice you know that you're hearing from friends it can undermine your own trust in in your own voice Uh, I think that we we look for solutions that tell us how to do things and we find um, advice that says, you know, do it this way to be more productive instead of encouraging us to find our own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is this has been a big thing in my life. I mean, I think this was a surprising discovery for me. And I know I really fell into this trap when I was a new mom. I read a lot of parenting books when I was really struggling as a new parent. And when my life and when my kids did not, you know, seem to <laughs> act in ways that fell in line with what i was reading in the book i just felt it was my own failure i just didn't trust my ability to figure it out as i went along oh you're so awesome i can't even imagine it (laughs) it,
0: bringing no seriously i I mean i i hear so many people refer to themselves you know saying oh i'm just i'm having the worst mom day i'm so I'm, i'm a terrible mom and i mean people are just everybody's so hard on themselves you know it's it yeah yeah
1: you know, I just I mean, I don't feel that way anymore. But the point is that I just lost confidence in in my own ability to find my way and to find the way that was right for me and my own family.
0: Yep, I, I know. I know it's very common. I mean, for me, I would say. um so much of my academic career was based on a kind of do it this way, you know, m- model. And actually, in contrast, the funny thing is, it actually wasn't until I became a parent where I started having really strong, like pounding on the door, strong instincts and reactions about things, you know, before becoming a parent, I was a little more like the sheep mon- mentality. <laughs> um, right. But, you know, when I had Laurel, I I would just feel like, okay, you know, this way feel, really feels like The right way you know for me to do things and so i started experimenting with following my instincts you know just little things at first um but then bigger things and it always paid off even if it didn't seem like the right should i'm using air quotes here you can't see of course um you know for example like leaving academia after 10 years in that career um Mm -hmm. you know which definitely i was on a path and no joke every single time i let the should whispers get the best of me and ride against my instincts, I totally get burned. Mm, Um, So trusting in my instincts has been really helpful in helping me edit my life. Right. Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages six and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as math, how smart is that? Is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods.
2: Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time add more joy to your life? And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.
1: So I think what we're saying is that a big part of editing your life, it's not so much rejecting the advice that we're hearing, but just letting our own voices stand next to those voices that we're hearing externally and just trusting that. Mm -hmm. I I think it's, you know, one of the things that I love about working with you is that your journey and mine are very different. Uh, I mean, we just, we've come to this place of editing our lives and the importance of that from very different places. And I think that's really helpful for people to hear because Everybody's journey is different, everyone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even though everyone comes to the table with different um, struggles and why they want to edit your life, um, I think we can all benefit from simplifying and from, you know, taking out the stuff that's unnecessary. And it's about really starting where we are and just gradually identifying and removing those things or your schedule, you know, whether it's items cluttering your home, your schedule, but just. Gradually removing the things that aren't working for you.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that was actually something I loved so much about writing Minimalist Parenting with you, you know, that it sort of evolved. I think this was just kind of the framework where we you're coming from. And then as it was all, all the words were coming, all 75,000 words were coming together <laughs> um, that I realized, you know, it, it wasn't assuming a one size fits all prescription. Um, and it's funny when people ask me to describe the book, I, my sort of short form description has become, you know, it's all about finding ways to take it down a few notches from your current level of crazy, wherever that may be. And people really get that. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, my crazy is going to be different from somebody else's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, you know, I, I really love the term lifestyle editing. Um, and that really, you know, came out from the book.
1: Right, right. Well, and lifestyle editing feels so much more approachable than. "Quote unquote," changing your life, lifestyle editing. It's starting where you are and gradually removing things. We're not talking about you know trekking up to the mountain, getting rid of all your stuff. You know, uh, saying you'll never go shopping again. So I feel like that's what we've always talked about. Something very approachable.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Actually, so to talk about that general term a little further, um, let's talk about what it is and why it's good to do it. So, yeah. um, You know, looping back to a little bit earlier in our conversation. I would say that a big part of editing your life is really freeing yourselves of those shoulds that actually don't really need to be done and that are cluttering your bandwidth.
1: Shoulds, like just those little guilty messages floating around your head, like I should be... Planning my meals more perfectly, or I should be signing my kid up for more stuff. Is that what you mean by should? Yeah,
0: um, shoulds. It, it's. I mean, so much of it. I feel like in the parenting realm is about comparison. You know, I should mm-hmm. be doing that thing that this other parent is doing. Yeah. Um e- yeah. You know, Even though that doesn't make any sense for me. I mean, that's. I, I think that's one of the biggest ones that I've I've seen.
1: Right. Right. Well, so I think that's really important because it 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 tells us that editing your life is it's about more than just decluttering your stuff or managing your time better. It's about empowering ourselves to say, I choose what's important enough to earn my focus or what's important enough to be part of my schedule.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, You know, that's so important because it's it's funny when people talk about um, even when we were talking about minimalist parenting and people would say, oh, so, you know, what is that? Is that getting rid of all your toys, you know, is that, mm-hmm. and, and I always said, no, you know, we believe in in some toys. We believe in toilet paper, you know, <laughs> it's not about getting rid of everything. furniture. Yeah. It's, but it's really multifaceted. It's about stuff. It's about time process. Um, even like, you know, toxic relationships, which is, yes. you know, going to be fodder for another episode. <laughs> um, and I think it's important to note that whatever you're, Whatever will be the priority to edit, it's going to evolve over time as your priorities shift and as your life changes and as your kids grow, so it really is an evolving process
1: right. It's an evolving process that the great thing about it is that it's just a matter of staying true to ourselves and staying connected to what's important to us and and understanding what that is that's where it starts mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's really powerful it's It's amazing to me how much our words float back to me when I find myself struggling with prioritizing because the fact is it's an ongoing process. It really is. And those priorities do shift. I know that when my kids were young and there was just barely five minutes to rub together in my schedule, it, it was editing my life was one thing. But now that my kids are older and there really is quite a lot of free time in my schedule, it's amazing what I find uh is really worthy of putting in my schedule now. It's very different than what it used to be, mm-hmm. very, very different. So I'd actually like to switch gears at the moment um, and maybe play a little devil's advocate because I think this notion of editing your life, while it it sounds good, I think there are those people that equate it with being unproductive. Mm-hmm. Um, one reader actually challenged me and said, "You know, isn't doing less the same as being lazy?" Uh, so I I want to I want to just throw that out there because Christine, the fact is that you are one of the least lazy people I know. I mean, you're, and I'm not going to, you know, go nuts about saying how you do everything, but you do have an amazing work ethic and you have an incredible ability to get things done. So let's talk about, you know, does editing your life mean just becoming a lazy person?
0: Oh, Asha, go on. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, I, I I should probably credit my dad because you know, as, as hard as it was to grow up in a family of seven kids, like, uh, we learned a little bit about work ethic from him. You know, we were, whether we were like working at the bodega or digging rosebush trenches, we, we, (laughs) we, yeah, he, he drilled us pretty hard, but, um, you know, I think This really makes me think of all the productivity steps we talked about in our first episode on conquering (laughs) procrastination. (laughs) Um, You know, but it's funny. I was actually just talking about this issue to someone last week. We were talking about um, a potential project for Boston Mamas, and she said, It was somebody actually I knew in college, and she said, I I looked you up on the internet, (laughs) Uh, danger, and I don't know how you do all the things you do. And, you know, it occurred to me when I was talking to her, I think obviously, a big part of it was jumping careers. And this is a good example. I mean, that's a a big example. Um, But I found that when I was in academia, and I still, you know, I, I love and respect and have just such high regard for my friends who are still in the academia game. I mean, it's, it's a slog. And it's, it's wonderful, too, in many ways, it just wasn't right for me. So I just want to say that straight out. I, I have so much respect for my friends and other people who I know who are still in it. Um but in my particular case, I was so unhappy in my postdoc and mm-hmm. things were going so badly south that my emotional bandwidth was just totally swamped by the misery I was feeling. And that that mm-hmm. I don't know if that sounds dramatic, but it, it really was happening. Like like my hair was falling out and <laughs> like bad things yeah. were happening. Yeah. So um I think it's you know, more
1: common than you might know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um so once I started thinking less about like what a good Korean kid would do and more about, you know, what types of things did I actually like doing or or love doing and and could I translate those things into a job? Um the pieces just started to come together. So so it is true I do I do a lot of things. You know, I really do a lot of things. Um but I think it's because I've worked really hard on finding ways to not to edit out the things that I don't like so I can spend time on the things that energize me and bring me joy. I mean, even this podcast, I mean, we've sunk, not sunk, like happily sunk a lot of time in it. And it's just been energizing time for me, you know, mm-hmm. and it has not felt like work. It's just felt like, yay, project with Asha. So <laughs> I mean, and and I I have found ways to say no to other projects and things because, you know, they just didn't excite me the same way. So I feel like it's really, that's like a work editing, you know, edit your work life kind of, kind of issue.
3: If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums.
1: The concept is the same whether we're talking about work, whether we're talking about our personal lives, our home lives, uh, even just you know even if if you have a family, talking about your family schedule. So when we're talking about editing our lives, it's not about doing less and then sitting around on the couch with all of that free time that we have. It's about doing less of the stuff that's that's really dragging us down and just freeing up the energy to do more of the things that we love mm-hmm. and the things that just i mean this is our life really i mean this is it and and what you're saying is that you're just you're just making the most of that time
0: yeah i you know every every day i feel quite grateful you know actually john my husband john and i are both career jumpers and um you know we we and we're very big into the sort of daily gratitude practice not nothing formal but just you know really looking around and saying man <laughs> you know, we're, yeah. we're really lucky and we've managed to carve out, um, you know, I would say successful freelance careers where we can split drop-offs, be at home for dinner pretty much every night of the week. I mean, we're very, we're very grateful. So, um, and it's been a very explicit and not always easy process, but, yeah. um, you know, it, it takes a while to get, get there in some cases, but once you get there, it's like, wow, you know, we, we have a lot to be grateful for.
1: Right, right. No, of course it's not easy. It's not a simple, uh, you know, at at certain points in our lives, we have more sort of measure of choice than others. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy, But it's but it's accessible and it's possible for anyone. I mean, I think the bottom line is that our perspective is that our lives are already filled with really wonderful, good things but it's just too easy to lose sight of them because of all the unnecessary mental and physical clutter that just obscures that stuff mm-hmm. and as we gradually take that clutter away we just you know we basically reveal the good stuff that's that's already there
0: mhm yeah you know that reminds me of um something john said earlier to me that really stuck with me which is that you know you can't um, you can't welcome in great stuff until you know, you make some room for it. So,
1: it's- oh, we have you and I have both experienced that so many yes, times. Absolutely, so many times in our work lives and in our personal lives. Oh boy, I just thought of about seventy-five new podcast episode ideas. Okay, get on just that. Google based Doc on girl. that, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Christine, I think I think. Uh, I just want to hear what your next edit is on this. Let's talk about uh, how how people can apply these ideas to their life. I mean, yeah. you're talking pretty big picture.
0: Yeah. So, you know, my, your next edit, actually, it re- makes me think of our more or less list from minimalist parenting, but it's, it's to make a list of things you would like to have in your life. You know, things that would make you feel happy, restored, renewed, and it doesn't have to be as big as um, jumping and leaving your job i mean it could be but it, you know it could be very little things but you know if you have this list these things will be your targets you know your rewards for editing out the things in life that drag you down actually you know one of those things could just be an extra half hour in your week i mean it can mm-hmm. be very tangible and very doable mm-hmm. um because as i said you've got to make room for awesome for awesome to happen
1: well that's very true and so my next edit my your next edit. Sort of takes the opposite uh, approach to the same thing, which is to just identify one thing, whether that's a physical item in your home, an obligation in your calendar that's nagging at you. Identify one thing that you want to edit out of your life. And not only that, do it today. Mm. Get rid of that one thing. It can be a tiny thing. So I just want you to have that experience of what it's like to empower yourself and to say, oh, yeah, I this is my life and my schedule and I get to choose. So take that item to Goodwill or give it to a friend who could use it or just cancel that appointment or delegate the task to somebody, somebody else who can do it. And then just take a moment to be proud of yourself for editing your life. I mean, you, you're, you're on the path and you can do this. Totally. I think that's uh yeah, let's get, let's get going on this. <laughs> I, so I, Folks, we want to hear from you on this. We want to hear, tell us something that you've added to your list um, that would make you happy or tell us the thing that you edited out of your life. We really want to hear what those things are. So post those on your favorite social profile with the edit your life show hashtag and we will find them and we can't wait to hear from you.
0: Yes. And you could also, you know,
1: share it on the Facebook page. We're all
0: we're all on the Facebook now.
1: Oh yes, indeed. What, how could I neglect that? Facebook.com slash edit your life show. Yes.
0: So thanks everyone for listening. Um, I hope this was an illuminating and reflective episode for you.
5: (laughs) Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence